Ryan had sneaked downstairs <laughs> behind the living room door and scared the blue Jesus out of me. So I give off to him and put him back to bed. And then about a half an hour later, I was walking out to the hallway, but I didn't put on the light in case I'd wake him. But do you ever see that film? There's like a film where there's a wee white face and it's holding on to the banisters and locking between the two banisters. The shining, is it? Ah, it was like one of these films, yeah. And it was like in the dark, all I could see was this white face holding on to the two banisters and his head was like stuck. He's trying to see the TV from through the stairs. <laughs> the life out of me. The documentary on that and done a wee bit of reading up on it. So um, at around 13, 14, this young fella who Roland Doe was just uh, shooting him, uh, a name that he's gone by. The real name's never been exposed, but um, apparently he was very close to an auntie of his who was a childminder, who was his childminder, and she was big into the Ouija board. So the young fella got into the Ouija board with the auntie, and the auntie died a couple of months later when the boy was 14, and he kept up the Ouija board. So the parents started noticing changes in the behaviour. Um, he was getting very aggressive coming out with things that he really shouldn't have known like he learned sentences of hebrew and arabic and latin somehow and they reported your son possessed me huh? your son they're like your son possessed me <laughs> well bits of furniture started moving about then apparently like so that's the mother and father seen these things moving about and they were a protestant lutheran family so they brought him to their local pastor reverend schultz and he kept the boy in, in his own house for a couple of nights with a psychiatrist present as well to observe him. So after watching him for a few nights, these are two perfectly sane people. Um, they reckon too they could see furniture moving and they recommended that this boy of a different faith go and see a Catholic priest. So two Catholic priests said one of them was uh, Father Walter Halloran and he was the last surviving one. They performed 48 exorcisms on the young fella in a psychiatric hospital in America. And Halloran said, I've seen the interview with Halloran, he said, and this has been misquoted too, he said he, he believed the whole time that the boy was possessed. He said as soon as he came on, the first thing that happened when he put down the holy water was it jumped across the room. Uh, one other thing then, he, marks appeared all over his body with words written in Latin and Hebrew, hell and day and evil and these kind of things. And God. Um, he broke a spring from the bed and stabbed one of the priests there. He was managed, even though he was being held down, he managed to wriggle away and pull a spring out from the side of his mattress and stab the priest. He broke the priest's nose. Um, and was coming out. Roland Doe was the pseudonym they give from Avon. God. And they reckon to some of the some of the language and stuff, even in English, that he was coming out with the obscenities of it. You know, for 1949. These words wouldn't even be used, or you know, for a fourteen-year-old to hear these. Like and, the film. Hey. Just like the film. Just like uh, the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Letter Kenny and Arda Donald, and there was a fire there oh the back in the uh, late eighties. But uh, a couple of friends of mine, or one of you, were renting out the house, and they were saying, like, you know, it had been re-insulated, heating on, fires lit, and. You'd still see your breath in the house constantly, so you would. That was what they said about that house in the Glen as well, that it was mm. freezing, cold. You just, no matter what they did, they couldn't heat it up. Just, well, I, I, my mother-in-law reckons she saw the banshee before. Huh? I said it's the only time. She shot a banshee. Mm, How could she shoot a banshee? 
I think it's only time there's been an encounter between a human and the banshee that the banshee left the most frightened. But the banshee backed down from the encounter. Margot, are you going to tell us yours? Hi, Margot, go and tell us yours now. Um, how would I start it? Um, it's like a rumor about this estate that there's a curse on it. The estate that we live in, and there was one night, mum and my sister, there's no one else in the house, they both heard like really heavy footsteps going up and down the hall. And then my sister, she was in the wee room, she would chat to a wee boy at the, standing at the end of her bed. Um, then my sister had one of her friends over. And she woke up to an old woman standing the end of the bed wearing a red cardigan. cardigan. And this was a week or so before this. our granny died and she was known for always wearing a red cardigan. Oh my God. My uh, stepmother worked in a nursing home. She's from Balboa Bay actually and she worked in a nursing home in, um, in Derry. Uh, Deanfield over in the waterside. I think it's like uh, Grand. It's like in the grounds of Grandshire, but it used to be a nursing home. Um, and she was sitting one day, and she was feeding. They had to feed the patients and stuff. But it was like um, an old folks' home, and she was feeding the wee woman. And she said the wee woman kept looking over her shoulder as she was feeding her and laughing. And she was. She says, uh, "You know, you're gonna have to keep your head still." Um, Mary or whatever her name was um, and she kept looking over and laughing and waving and looking over the other shoulder and laughing and uh, she says Mary what is it that you're, you're laughing at you're in great form today what is it that you're laughing at anyway and she says I'm laughing at the wee boy standing behind you <gasps> oh, God. it was nothing behind her and she was crying. I'd say look feed yourself <laughs> I'd say feed yourself I'm off and she <laughs> the wee boy. She described his shoes and um, what he was wearing and it was like old style clothes. He was wearing like a wee sort of, and the nursing home actually wasn't always a nursing home. It used to be like um, like a house, you know, like a stately sort of house. And the way they described, the way the clothes that she said the wee boy was wearing, the way she described them was like, you know, somebody quite affluent that might have lived like a child of the house or something like that. Cause he had like a like a sort of frilly oh shirt and a waistcoat. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Cut off trousers and oh, she said it was so accurate. Like, and she said she was describing it like he was standing right in front of her. What did she do, Geraldine? Yeah, did she, she just keep feeding her? Aye, aye. Tried to oh, feed her. God, I couldn't. A few of them um, <laughs> saw the same wee boy and described the same wee boy. I remember oh a story that remember when we all went in went to Dunny, uh, Dublin for the match with the football group and yeah. I brought Chloe. Uh, he was trying to shut us all up on the way back home, so we came down the back of the bus and he told us a few spooky stories. But there was one I remembered. I couldn't go to sleep, and I was like fifteen. And uh, he was saying that this is a true story, but there was this man. Uh, he was driving down to go shopping or something, and it was like a dark and it was like a rainy night. And he seen some girl in like white clothes standing at the side of the, the road. 
And he went past and he was thinking, oh, she was just waiting for the bus. And he drove past, went to the shops, and on his way back, she was still there, but this time she was tumbling a lift. So we stopped and he let her into the car and she uh, introduced herself and all, and she seemed really nice. And uh, he asked, what's the address and all? So he, she told him her house address and he, she was telling him about her mum and dad, her brothers and sisters, and what she works as. So um, she, he parked up at the house and he was just about to give her money because he just gave her money or whatever because supposedly she was like, well, her parents threw her out. But um, he went into his bag to get out the money, turned around, she wasn't in the car. So she got out and she walked and he walked over to the house and knocked on the door and he said, oh, I'm just wondering, I was just talking to your daughter, did she come into the house? And he turned around and goes, our daughter died seven years ago. <gasps> oh, God. That's true story. My God, at least he saved a few bob. He didn't have to give. <laughs> yeah, guys, I remember something that happened to me, and it's pretty scary. Well, Kira. Well, okay. So, um, I went. I was like sleeping right, and I sleep in the, the like pitch dark, like door closed, but the halls on. Mm-hmm. The only like little bit of light I have is like whatever kind of goes like underneath my door. <laughs> so I woke up. And it was like, it was like midnight or something. It was like well after everyone was in bed. And I got up and I just had this like really, really, really strange feeling. Now this happened when I was like in my old house. So it happened like ages ago. But I had like this really like strange feeling that like something was like looking at me or that just something was in my room or someone that was like not meant to be in there. And I hate people in my room. So like I was ready to like yell at whoever was in my room. But I had like a weird feeling that someone was in my room. So I got up and like I had like a wee lamp beside my bed I think at the time and the way my room was like structured is like you would walk in the door and then there'd be like a wee little wall and you turn around like my bed was just there so I couldn't see if anyone was like standing at the door like in that wee crack because there was like a wee wall kind of covering it. So I like woke up and turned my wee lamp on and I like dead ass swear to god seen someone like standing at the bottom of my bed and it was like uh I can't remember what it was I think it was like a girl right and she was literally standing like this sounds so fake but I swear to god this is why I think that I was just imagining it because just the way it works out it does like it's not imagine that much no I was like imagining it it's so, like I woke up oh I think it was I think it was like either a dream or like a nightmare or something but it was very spooky yeah interesting there was like no one I couldn't I didn't shout on anyone because I was like oh it's dark like nighttime and all that but I like looked up and I could like because my eyes were kind of like still like opening and closing so I just seen like very faintly like a person standing like at the edge of like my room like back down at the end of the wall and like it was like someone in like a white I think maybe like a white or gray like top or maybe a dress actually and then just like their hair and then it was like turned around though like <laughs> oh. I was like I was like so freaked out right but then I like end up kind of like I don't remember this happening but I'm pretty sure I like went to bed then and I didn't even like like react to anything right so I just went to bed turned my light off and went to bed and then I woke up obviously this morning there was like nothing there but then I remembered like it took me so long to try and remember that dream because I like forgot right when I woke up and then I like remembered but I'm pretty sure it was a nightmare but it was just a really scary nightmare. Oh, it's funny sometimes when I have, have a nightmare. nightmare. 
And you wake yourself up. Right. And then you think you're still sleeping? Yeah, that's always happening. Yeah, I thought I was. I thought I was like still sleeping or something. But like obviously I was sleeping, but I thought like I woke up and I thought that it was real. But I was I was just sleeping. Maybe it's one before I leave, and that's that's true. Well, my granny lived in Bantra as well, and she lived in a wee house. But when it, whenever she died, she was really, really close to one of my cousins, and like her and Anne went everywhere together. They'd done everything together, and whenever Granny died, like Anne was distraught, and we were sitting. You know the way, obviously, you talk about Irish wakes and stuff. It's like your traditional Irish wake in this wee tiny village and the whole village was there everybody was coming in and like i was only a wee girl i think i was only about nine or ten but i remember going into the sitting room and they were like they were all sitting in the sitting room and they were chatting and stuff but um my cousin was sitting at the side of granny's coffin and she was wailing crying like you talk about the banshee she sounded like the banshee she was crying so hard and she cried the whole time, but she kept saying, you know, Granny, show me a sign that you're okay. And I really want to know that you're okay. But I was so young. I, I was like, please, God, please don't send her a sign at oh. all. <laughs> I was like, really and truly. So this went on. It went on all night long. And then the next day we went back up again. And same thing. She was sitting crying. She was like, anything, just show me anything to say that you're okay. So I was really freaked out and I was, I was crying. I said to mommy, like, obviously I was only a child. I said to mommy, um, I really don't want to see any signs. And mommy was like, look, you're, you're really tired. Go you up to granny's bed. And I went up, I went up into the bed and was in old metal beds. And mommy sat with me until I fell asleep. So I fell asleep and about two or three hours later, I woke up. And I went downstairs and my cousin had stopped crying and everybody was sheet white. Everybody was so quiet. And I couldn't figure out what had happened, like, or what was going on. So mommy um, turned around and said, um, well, it's a great job that you were in bed whenever that happened. And I was like, well, what, why, what happened? And apparently they had like, you know, at 12 o'clock or something, they do the rosary. Um, and everybody was standing around doing the rosary. And poor Anne was standing crying. And all of the lights went out in the house. The whole place went into darkness. <gasps> and nothing would switch on. What's it called? My uncles no, tried to figure out what was wrong. And um, the priest obviously stopped praying and everybody was trying to figure out what was going on. They thought it was a power outage. So my uncles went next door. But every house and the whole place was still lit up. There was no reason for it. Oh, my God. Saying... I know Granny's okay now, and like the lights came back on, so I was, I was the only person in the whole house that was asleep and didn't see it, and I was the one person that was praying <laughs> to God that I didn't see anything. Oh, and you were asleep? <laughs> oh, somebody was listening, Bernie. Please join us next week, folks, for more spooky tales. Bye-bye for now, and we sleep okay. <laughs>